Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Philly Pod. A Philadelphia sports podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Philly Pod brought to you by TheLibertyLine.com. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at the Philly Pod. Do the same on Instagram as well as TikTok and, you know, all that fun stuff wherever you can find all my content. If you're new to the show, welcome. Appreciate you guys for coming in and, uh, you know, taking a look at some of the content we have going on as far as the podcast and the Liberty Line and things like that. Because you, uh, you can subscribe to the show. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, uh, Stitcher, all the other places where podcasts are. Be sure to leave five stars. Leave those reviews. Let us know uh, how you like the show. If you're a longtime listener, uh, we do appreciate you. It's been going on three years now. Just surpassed a three-year uh, uh, anniversary, I guess you could say, of starting this show. And appreciate the growth and uh, and everything that you guys allow us to continue to do. Joined by always by my co-host. You can find him on Twitter at Stephen Conrad Jr. Got some hate. Well, I don't know if it's hate. Got some flack for the last episode for some of his theories. But always <laughs> joining me is Stephen Conrad Jr. What's going on, man? It's a uh, long journey to get up here and do this show from technical standpoints. I, I, I hope the people understand the uh, the uh, the hard... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Just the tedious, like, like the shit we got to go through to like get up here and do this show. Like, not even just like to talk because that's the easy part, but all the behind the scenes stuff. It's so much headaches and stress and all the above. Yeah, a lot of technical difficulties uh, for those out there that are content creators. Um, you may find yourself in a similar situation. You get to the point where you want to improve the product so you buy more expensive cameras more expensive microphones you buy every possible piece of equipment to better the show that's software too by the way like unfortunately content creation isn't as cheap and affordable as it used to be anymore i see uh they're really taking advantage of the you know just like the modern kind of world we live in now where everybody wants to be a content creator Uh, you know companies are realizing that and they're charging you to use their like software and pretty much everything, whether that's production related things, whatever it is, you know. So hopefully we got it figured out now. We went through a lot. Um and still as you going, said still going through a lot. Still, still going through it. Currently, so currently. Still a trial and error. But that's how it always is when you get up here and do these shows. As content creators, you go through softwares, you go through things that work, things that don't, and you figure out the best method. So hopefully we got this one here so we can just focus on creating the content because we get so caught up in all the other stuff that uh you know the content suffers sometimes so glad to get up here and do it on a more consistent basis we promised a new episode this week and we are here to give you guys this uh just that a lot of things to cover this week from coaching hires to takeaways from the senior bowl and things of that nature. Uh, before we get into the topics, be sure to go ahead and, like I mentioned before, subscribe to the show. And uh, if you're watching clips on YouTube, we'll get into the into the uh, the routine of uploading full shows on YouTube. But if you're watching this clip or whatever is going on on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and drop a comment and <laughs> like the video. 
and keep coming back because there'll be tons of content throughout the entire offseason as we scout people, get ready through the draft and offseason and uh, all that all that fun jazz. That's come in Sixers talk because there's a lot. Yeah, a lot to say, a lot to say about to the, the Sixers. YouTube side of things for that. That's the Liberty Line YouTube channel. But I think if you search the Philly pod, it'll still come up. I made sure to make that a keyword phrase. You can find all of our clips on there. Right, right. Yeah, so... First topic is, I guess we can, as as far as coaching hires are concerned, the most notable for the Eagles anyway is that Jonathan Gannon did not get the Houston job. That job went to Lovey Smith. We'll get the, uh, our, the general consensus on how that even happened um, in the first place. But, Stephen, how do you feel about Jonathan Gannon sticking around in Philadelphia? I know that people were kind of happy to see him go. I was one of them that was kind of thinking, like, yeah, I think, I think I'm kind of over it. I, he needs to go. Uh, but he looks like he's going to stay because uh, McCown and himself – did not get that job. Where are you at with Gannon coming back in 2022? So for those that are at all familiar with this product and me on social media, you know one of my favorite things to do is uh, complain about the defensive coordinator. I was very, very critical of Jim Schwartz, and I was very critical of Jonathan Gannon. Uh, for some reason, I never really envisioned us losing him this offseason. Like, I knew he was going to get interviewed for, for other jobs, but I just didn't I don't know. I just had a feeling he would be he would be back here. I feel like uh, just with this whole young coaching staff and the way this season played out, <clears throat> I know a lot of people are very frustrated with him. But I mean, you got to look at some of the good things that he did do, and I also think again he's kind of handicapped, like Jim Schwartz was to a certain extent, by uh, personnel and the and the roster construction on defense. Um, I know a lot of people are frustrated with his soft like zone coverage approach and stuff like that. But then again, like going into the season, I feel like he really didn't have the personnel to do whatever it is that he wants to do, which I don't know what that is, by the way. We I feel like that's remained to be seen. We're going to see that this offseason, depending on how they approach the draft and free agency. Um, but I will say this, like, I don't think it's a coincidence his first season he comes in here, Darius Slay goes from having like, I felt like a solid season to then this year in Jonathan Gannon's system, Darius Slay was a top corner in the NFL. He was a pro bowler and playing some of the best football, if not the best football of his career up there with the other best, the best corners in the NFL, even at his age. And even like Avante Maddox, I thought played well. They had Steve Nelson as their second quarter and I corner and I felt like he played fine this season but the frustration comes from the complete lack of a pass rush you know and I feel like that's a product of this old defensive line but yeah Gannon gets some of the blame he doesn't really blitz a lot uh and the linebacking core is not very good either so when you look when you assess the situation as a as a whole I'm not like I don't know like like what do you think obviously we all would have preferred like him to go and us find some like you know, old school, like rush the quarterback type of guy, but I just, I don't think he's out there. Yeah. Uh, there were some good candidates out there. Wink Martindale who went to the giants. Um, so that's a good hire for them. We'll see how that works out. And yet Vic Fangio was another fan favorite. Um, I know that a lot of the, uh, of the, um, executives are really happy that Gannon's back. So uh, obviously he's pretty high ranked amongst those people. And I remember when he first got hired and I was saying like, oh, he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a head coaching candidate probably next year. And then he had the defensive showing that he did. And and maybe I spoke uh, too soon. But yeah, to have him back, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. I was just kind of looking forward to 
looking ahead to who the next defensive coordinator uh, would be. But I did like how we adjusted. Fletcher Cox obviously voiced his uh, his issues throughout the season. It seems that Gannon adjusted and, and had him happy again. So Gannon was reportedly one of three finalists for the job. Two others. Uh, the other two were former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores and former NFL quarterback Josh McCown. Obviously, they didn't get the job. I was under the impression that Brian Flores was going to get this job for the simple fact that he spent half the season trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. So I assumed he was going to bolt there to be with the quarterback he was trying to acquire. But then the lawsuit happened and this and that happened. And we all know, you know, we all know the story we're in now. So obviously that didn't happen. And now a report is coming out earlier today is that apparently the Texans, Texans were set on hiring McCown and then they pulled out because of like the lawsuit thing. And they, then they went in the direction of Lovey Smith. So after letting go of Dave Culley, who probably, number one, shouldn't have been hired in the first place. But then he was hired and then was wrongfully let go because he was dealt the shit hand that he, that he was given this season. And then you go and talk in circles and you land on Lovey Smith. I just feel like this is just a dumpster fire continuing. And this is Lovey Smith's third tenure as a head coach. Obviously went to the Super Bowl with the Bears and we'll have to figure out how all this is going to work out. But surely a mess uh, for Houston. But Philadelphia finished 10th in yards last year, 18th in points allowed. So, you know, they got better as the season went on down the line. Now, they did play worse competition. They were playing Garrett Gilberts and uh, Jake Fromms and those guys. Um, but at least, you know, towards the end of the season, it looked like the defense was starting to uh, to uh, to get it together. Other coaching news, Doug Peterson to Jacksonville. Press Taylor considered for a role with the Jaguars, as we all thought, because Doug Peterson, when he was being interviewed, as I mentioned on the prior show, when Lurie asked him, like, what are you going to do to change this team? He said, I want Press Taylor as offensive coordinator. And Lurie said, I don't think so. And then that's why he was out the door. So Doug Peterson gets the job in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence and company probably couldn't be happier from the Urban Meyer fiasco and all that that happened. So, Stephen, where are you? How, how, how do I worry this? How do I worry this? How do you feel about Doug Peterson in Jacksonville? Because I listened to his, his introductory press conference. And I don't know if it's soothing or I don't know if it's like disdain how I, what I feel because you think of like all the 2020 stuff when you hear him, but then you also, you know, the Super Bowl memories and today is actually the, uh, the anniversary of the parade. So how, 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 where's your head at as far as Doug Peterson heading down to Florida and coach the Jags? Dougie P is a legend, man. He's a Philadelphia legend. I don't like I I understand the frustrations from last season, but I really feel like he was scapegoated so much by this organization as a whole, if we're being honest. Um <clears throat> obviously, you know, he has his concerns. I mean, when you like you mentioned Press Taylor being his first option as somebody on the staff to bring with him. I mean, we can sit here and we don't have to sit here and debate it. I think it's the most questionable thing you could possibly do, but uh when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and the fact that they have a young potential star quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who a lot of people viewed as the best talent at that position coming out of the draft since like Andrew Luck and the dumpster fire that they were last year from everything, an organizational standpoint and what you saw on the field. Uh, Doug Peterson is a perfect hire, in my opinion. It may not be, you know, the like exact X's and O's guy that you may want to go out there and like scheme up some, you know, new, new, like high powered modern day offense or something like that. But what Doug Peterson is going to bring as a former quarterback in the NFL uh, and a backup, by the way, which is something I feel like is uh, underlooked. The fact that 
I know a lot of people joke about Doug Peterson's playing career, but as a backup, you really have to have a mind for the game. And that's why he made such a great head coach here in Philadelphia and was a big reason why this he was able to help deliver the first Super Bowl, you know, in franchise history. And I think it's a perfect hire for the Jaguars for all those reasons. It's going to bring some stability. You know, like I said, it may not be the most like perfect, like, you know, bright, young X's and O's coach, but he's going to bring stability where there wasn't stability before. And with that said, I think it's an A-plus hire. Yeah, Doug Peterson, now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars after they ran through their candidates in Jacksonville. I know that Doug got a got an interview with the Saints, um, but it always felt like the Jags was going to be right for him. Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year, 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, tied for the lead with Matthew Stafford, who is now playing in the Super Bowl. So hopefully they can turn things around. I know the offense was in shambles. We don't know if DJ Chark is still going to be there. He'll be entering free agency after suffering a uh, fractured ankle in week four. And you got some other weapons there. Jones is there. LaVisca Chenault is there. They weren't really using James Robinson, but you know they, he started to get into gear at the end of the year because they finally decided to use him. So that's always that's always good. As far as other coaching hires, you think of you look you look around the league and then you think of Brian Dayball, who who or Dable, however you say his name, now with the Giants. You got uh, they hired Mike Kafka as offensive coordinator. I think that's a good move. Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator. Obviously had a, had that ten year tenure in Baltimore, sustained a lot of success over there in Baltimore. Stephen, how fearful should we be of the Giants? Well, I should. Fans should remember who the quarterback is over there. So I like, was just going to say, know, as you long know, as Daniel Jones, they can put together whatever staff they want. But like Daniel Jones is still there. Stephen, how fearful should we be of the Giants with this decent staff on paper? I'm fearful that it is a all of a sudden very attractive Russell Wilson destination. I'll say that. Um, oh, the Giants. Oh wow, how about it? I thought going into this past season, you know, adding all that talent on that offense for the Giants, right? Kenny Galladay, that big contract. I was like, all right, you know what? Mm, Daniel Jones, this million is dollars. it for him. If he can't and no produce, touchdowns. 72 million with no touchdowns. Unbelievable. So, I mean, I guess, you know, they are apparently committed to Daniel Jones. This is it, though. This has to be the last shot. Like, if he can't produce with Dable there, by the way, who is – like a quarterback guru and they got all those weapons like they're gonna figure it out everything will be in place for him to succeed he just has to deliver uh if he can't do that but then again like i don't know though like if russell wilson demands a trade i mean that's a that's an attractive destination i don't know what do you think yeah well i well you have to I see think they have two first out. round picks who the giants yeah oh uh, yeah because they got one from chicago when they traded back so that Chicago could go and draft Justin Fields. So they have two firsts now. Um, I don't know. I know that amongst the Giants fan base, there's a lot of talk of, of draft, you know, Malik Willis, maybe not so much after the senior bowl. And we'll get into that in a, in a second. Uh, but yeah, I haven't heard a lot of Russell Wilson, like chatter uh, to the Giants anyway. Like there's a lot more Eagles chatter surrounding Russell Wilson than there is mm. of the Giants. But that is a good thought potentially if he goes there, maybe he can do something with Galladay and Kadarius Tony and some of the receivers. And Saquon will have to figure out. Saquon is actually ranked one of the uh, most tradable pieces this offseason uh, per ESPN. I think they listed some sneaky under-the-radar trade targets uh, for this offseason, and Saquon was on that list. Well, so we'll have to see if anybody wants to invest in a position that continues to be valued less and less and less as the years continue to go on and the league continues to chew out and sp- or chew up and spit out running backs. Like, who knows business? Christian McCaffrey could be on the move. There's a lot of uh, as far as running backs, man. You get you get a good two 
three, four-year run, and then you spit out of the league because it's the most demanding position. It's the most beat-up position. And then, you know, it, as you decline, other running backs come in and produce more. And offensive line has a lot to do with it, too. As we saw as Eagles fans, when you, you know, you have a, that, front, that front five there, it doesn't matter who's running behind it. Um, it's always going to be uh, a, a productive run game if the offensive line is dominant. So we'll see where the running backs go. Some senior bowl takeaways. Obviously, a lot of talk around the, uh, the, the quarterbacks down there, Malik Willis, Carson Strong. We touched on some of it on the prior podcast. To start with Carson Strong, he apparently met with several teams at the senior bowl. He had meetings with New Orleans, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and the Titans. Said all those meetings went well. You think of the Saints, how they don't have anybody. You know, they obviously had Bridgewater. No, not Bridgewater. Who was Jameis? Jameis. They had Jameis back there, then Trevor Simeon, and and, and I think Ian Book played a game, and uh, and uh, um, Taysom Hill. Everybody's playing quarterback over there. So, obviously, they need a quarterback. You think of the commanders now, Washington, who if they move another season with Heineke, that tells you what they feel. <laughs> and then you have Pittsburgh, who I think should do whatever they can to get Kenny Pickett, Philadelphia, and the Titans – they, they like Ryan Tannehill, like they seen his ceiling. We know what Ryan Tannehill is. So it doesn't surprise me that the Titans uh, had some had some uh, inquiries there as far as Carson Strong is concerned. And then we go to Malik Willis, who had a heck of a showing in that uh, in that in that game. He had he had some good throws and he had some bad throws. And one throw made its way to social media. A really, really bad underthrow where Malik Willis decided to like like throw the ball like he decided to backpedal in a clean pocket by the way like nobody coming after him clean pocket he's backpedaling he just throws the ball while he's backpedaling and it was like five to ten yards under thrown um it drew a defensive pass interference but like that throw was ugly and now people are finding that and they're saying yeah maybe these guys are projects and you should kind of roll with what you have any of these quarterbacks catching your eye as far as the senior bowl i know we talk a lot about (laughs) about some of these qbs but i don't think i think everybody in this draft are our projects would you go in any direction in this draft or is this kind of just like we're going to skip this one and look towards cj stroud and bryce young if jalen hurts underwhelms in 2022 uh yeah i mean from an eagles perspective it's a very very underwhelming but even as a whole for the nfl it's underwhelming like kenny pickett is probably the most surefire but i wouldn't sit here and like be super excited for him like i said like you said i should say uh pittsburgh's a perfect destination for him he can just go in there they have mike tomlin very experienced coach who's won Super Bowls in this league, uh, tons of weapons at the receiver position and running back. Like, that'd be perfect for him to go there. But, you know, to sit here and act like any of these guys, like when you draft a quarterback high, you envision them coming in and changing your franchise, and I just don't see it with any of these guys. Um, I know the Malik Willis uh, hype is building up. Like, there's a lot of talent there. I, I, let me, I'll put it this way. I don't think the Eagles should consider it at all. I've seen enough. I've heard enough. Um, you know, we know what they should do. Are they are they going to do it? <laughs> is the is is the better question. And you mentioned that Kenny Pickett uh, is is I think I think the way it is is that Kenny Pickett is referred to as the safest option among QBs in this class. He's the most pro ready, and Malik Willis has the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think Kenny has the but highest. But he's floor. really raw though. Like it's going to take Who, time. Willis, for him. yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Willis is is is. It might it's take a him a solid like two years to even be pro he's, ready. Like, ready. To even be pro, like he might he'll play sooner, but that doesn't mean he's ready for the league. Numerous scouts and analysts have called Malik Willis the early winner of the Senior Bowl, clearly having the best arm talent. There's your word. There's your term, mm-hmm. arm talent. The best arm talent 
of the group, some eagle-eyed observers noted that Howie Roseman was paying particular attention to Malik Willis. Even Todd McShay stated that if Malik isn't the first quarterback off the board, he'd be shocked that he's not the wow. second. So that's your so 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 the best way to put it is it's really risk reward because he could he could crash and burn, but then he can give you a couple. I'll tell of you right plays. now though, he's a more he has more talent than Jalen Hurts. Like it's not even a debate. Hertz is obviously way more polished at this point. All right. Well. Uh, no, I'm serious, <laughs> man. He, like, watch it. He's clearly more talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he has. He's definitely, he is. He's explosive. That's the word I would use. I think he's more, he might but be. But he's not, like, consistent with it, though. That's yeah, what he's exactly, got to figure exactly. out. Speaking of, guys that are, speaking of guys that aren't consistent, Desmond Riddler. I just want to say, Desmond Riddler really has the NFL prototype for, for a quarterback in the league. 6'3 frame, 207 pounds. He's mobile and has a good arm, but the accuracy is is the issue he'll he'll be between the numbers on one throw and he'll be airing over the head on the next throw so is that's that the guy that uh elliot shore parks was talking about yeah. up and down the timeline yeah. because if that's so i would completely avoid him yeah just for that reason alone. Not great. it's between i think it's millis and strong and malik willis and strong and you can yeah kenny pickett i think or maybe those it was are the, top the, three rat, guys. the rattler dude what's the deal with him spencer rattler yeah that guy that guy he's not even in the draft <laughs> okay, well, somebody I I can't remember if it was ES. Right, I don't know. ESP was talking about. This, I don't know. I'm just yeah, you yeah, you can't do that. So more. So that's that's kind of your takeaways from. So to summarize, as far as the Senior Bowl, Kenny Pickett is the most pro ready, the safest option. Desmond Riddler is accuracy issues. He's probably the best all around option. And then you can look at Malik Willis if you want. Like Boomer Bust is Malik Willis. That's literally what you're going to get with him. So you can take the risk, and he'll be developed into a prolific quarterback or. He, he might just never become consistent and you're just going to have a project for the first five years and try and figure it out down the road. Mm-hmm. So as far as the other coaching hires, you look at Miami Dolphins who have hired former 49ers, former 49ers. I don't know why they, why, why that's worded like that. <laughs> former 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, not Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniel, because I know it's going to get messed up. Now the kicker with Mike McDaniel is that he he and I see you sitting over there trying to figure out how I'm going to tell this conversation, but he 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 apparently identifies as biracial, like he like he, which is fine, like he's which is which is fine. He has a black father, so if you're biracial, that's fine. But like you either you are or you're not. You can't. I are, is this where we are in 2022? We're identifying as a race now. This is what it is. Is this how, is this how we're moving? And then when you look at the guy. This man, this man, this man is as white as you can get, and he and I seen a photo earlier of him and his family, and it's the whitest family I've ever seen. Now I now now I understand it's the winter time. I'm biracial myself, black dad, white mom, and I'm you know I'm I'm a little bit darker than that guy, and it's the winter time. You know you lose skin color in the winter time. I get it, but man, I need to see I need to see the 23 and me on on this guy on how how he identify whatever the situation is. I don't know why she have to word it like that that you have to identify. Why didn't he just say he was biracial? That's my whole thing. But yeah, but as far as Mike Medino, as a coach, like all jokes aside, as a coach, really, really bright young mind mm-hmm. in the NFL, Yale graduate, 15 years of coaching experience, and the 49ers had the seventh ranked offense in the NFL. So that's always good. Maybe he can do something uh, with Tua. Were you even a. I guess, Stephen, my question is do you even know who Mike McDaniel was before? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I, I have a question, though. Was he not one of the many coaches that was on the Washington coaching tree, like way, way back ago? Like, 2012, 2013, or is he not a part of that? He's part of the Shanahan coaching tree. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. All right, well, I mean, look, you know what's funny? Mm. 
I really appreciate this like youth movement too, by the way, in terms yeah, of coaching because that's the thing that's going on. obviously there's a major like there's a major diversity issue, especially at the coaching spot in the NFL. But I also felt like there was a major like it was almost like a toxic like I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but it was almost like there wasn't any youth and it was almost frowned upon to hire a young coach. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember for a while there when McVay first started coaching, people were like, oh, you know, the mindset towards him was like, he's not experienced. You got to have all this time in the NFL. I don't know. I don't I, don't I do think. like the younger, I do like the younger coaching movements. But to answer your question about the coaching tree, uh, McDaniel was hired in 2005 by Broncos as an intern under Mike Shanahan, and he reunited him later with Shanahan in Washington in 2011 as an offensive assistant. So he's part of that coaching tree. You knew okay. a guy with that kind of uh, brights and skill set, and you know, and he's from Yale, so you know he's going to find his way into the coaching uh, scenario at some point. So it's good on him to get to get a coaching. So that makes it three black coaches now. You got you got Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin, you got uh, you got Lovey Smith now, and you got good old. Half black, Mike McDaniel. If he's even half, is his dad full black? So I'm sitting here like googling him on Google, and there's like an old picture of him, and I, I mean, he's on par with me. Is he darker? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This dude is white. I just like white on white. I don't understand. Is his dad full black? We have to look into it because if his dad is like, he clearly has white man's hair too. Yeah, he has white man everything. If he, if he, if his dad is like one eighth black. And his mom's like full white. That doesn't okay. Well, I mean, I guess you're black, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever one it is. So, and, and since he is black, whatever percent he is, because of the Rooney Rule, the 49ers will now receive two third round compensatory picks for developing McDaniel as a minority assistant coach. Wow. So I that's all know, good. Man. So that's all. So that. So that's all fine and good. I just want to know. I just want to know. I mean, I guess we don't we don't have to see like his ancestry. Like, I'm not trying to dive deep into his like family tree and all that. But I just remember seeing the guy and seeing the tweet that he identifies as biracial and seeing like a on the surface a white guy being like, "How the hell do you identify as biracial?" I don't. But I get it. I get it. There's a lot of light light guys out there that have black blood in them. It is, it is, it is, it is what it is. So now uh, to round out this episode, we got about got about five minutes to to wrap up this episode. We are introducing a new segment to the show and it doesn't have to be limited limited to eagles because today was a very emotional day for us as sixers fans as the trade deadline nears we have a new segment let me make sure the volume doesn't blast people Mm. so we got a new segment now for the people that have been listening to this show for the past three odd some years that have been with us through the whole time it is no secret that we are avid wwe fans you can say what you want about it i know it's fake whatever you want to say we are avid wwe fans and I feel like that we 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 slowly start to incorporate more of it into into the show. It's not going to be like it'll always be an Eagles show, but we we slowly start. You know, we make references and things like that to 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 make it fun. So we have incorporated a segment called the Roman Rant. Now, just a quick synopsis for the people that don't know WWE. Roman Reigns is currently the top champion of WWE, the top guy, the head of the table, the tribal chief. He's the whole thing in WWE, and he has go to entrance music, and it makes you feel like a badass when you listen to it. So. Every week, you don't have to do it every episode. Every week, we will have a specific rant, a 30-second Roman rant to his music about whatever we're passionate about, fired up about, upset about, whatever the sort, whatever the situation is. Steven is going to lead us into the era of Roman rants because today was not a great day for Sixers fans as far as the trade deadline. Maybe for some, not great for others. 
because CJ did not come here. Halliburton and Heel did not come here. Wait, before you do this, do you want me to go on my Sixers rant again? Like, again, this could be very time sensitive for all we know. We publish this and a trade happens. Or do you want me to address uh, what happened on last the last episode of the podcast? Uh, and we took to Twitter. You took to Twitter. And I didn't oh, like the way oh, people oh, interpreted yeah. it. Um, yeah. All right. So, this is, so, the first, so the first Roman rant is going to be about the hate you received. On the fucking on the on the right. on the they theory. Can find is that where we're going the, on the theory? Yes, yes. Yeah. they can find the Sixers rant on our YouTube channel. I went on. I made a video oh, on it today. They cross just, promotion. Make they can just look. do that. The Liberty like Line YouTube channel. I like it. All right. So this Roman rant it will not be Sixers. Sorry, this to get is you guys Eagles specific. Eagles specific. So this Roman rant will be about Stephen getting slandered for his for his theory in reference to the last episode, and we are going to start it now. So I just got to ask, this is kind of like a question and an address to the Eagles fan base as a whole. I just got to know, guys, like, what do we care about now? Because I think we all, including me a little bit, but not as much. I don't I don't like to associate myself with some of you. <laughs> I know we're all Eagles fans and I'll share a beer with you guys, but like, do we care more about being right, our theories, our takes? Or do we care about this team winning? I want another Super Bowl. I want another Lombardi trophy because, quite frankly, a lot of people think that the previous one was a fluke. And this is in reference to a theory I proposed on the last podcast uh, in regards to, you know, obviously the quarterback position. I suggested if Russell Wilson were to become available that we make an you know, attempted trade to him. Uh, for him but that's that's not everything I suggested Jalen Hurts would remain the backup here because he has proven time and time again that he can do that he is I just want to say I was not for this theory I was not in support of this theory just want to make that clear now while this is not very realistic at all (laughs) yes he posted it on TikTok he posted it on Twitter and again, mm-hmm. I didn't expect a lot of people to agree. There were some that were are woke like me and, and sit back You're as a woke. fan of this team. <laughs> You're woke. And Yo. I assess any and all scenarios because this is what I do. Whatever it takes for this team to win. Some of you are so narrow-minded, you just assume that there's one way and that's it. One take. Like, you're either, oh, Jalen Hurts or either... You know, trade for uh, I don't know who I'm. Yeah, Russell Wilson or whatever your take is. Drafting a quarterback, you got to be open to any and all options. That's why this podcast exists. If I had the same narrative this that I came on here this and painted all woke, the time, what would be the point of it? So I'm not offended by what was said about me. I see some people question my credibility. Look, I don't give a fuck about credibility. I just love the Philadelphia. <laughs> we ain't Eagles, credible, number one. We ain't I have here a to passion be for this. All right. So good rant, good rant, good rant. Went way longer than the thirty seconds that promised. But you know. <laughs> Wait, it was supposed to be thirty seconds. It's <laughs> the first one. It's the first one. That's it's part of the job. You want to be the big dog. If you want to be the big dog, you got to do it. And you know what that is? It's big facts. Oh, so uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. <laughs> about why that soundbite is a thing. Uh, so that about wraps up this episode. Yeah. So Stevens pulling for Russell Wilson. And as you can Jalen see, Hurts Vic as is not comfortable to give his opinions. He just. My opinion on what? My opinion no, you just is literally shoot it down. It's a great idea. 
no, that my opinion is it's a dumb theory. That's my opinion. I'm I not, bet it's I'm a not bad shooting theory. down. I'm not shooting down anything. How's it a bad just, theory? If this happens, yeah, first what of all, are you no, I'm say? not. I'm not. I'm not scared to share my opinions because my opinion on that theory is that it sucks. That's my. That's my fucking. So what? You're just a hundred percent committed to Jalen Hurts. You're not. Yes, gonna for 2022. These, yes, I am. A hundred percent. I'm ninety percent. How's that? That's fine. Ninety's fine. <laughs> But the but the logic that another quarterback is going to come here and Jalen Hurts is going to like sit here behind it and be content with it. Another team will trade for Jalen Hurts. I promise. Okay, you. obviously his mindset those would be teams, I'm going to beat teams, out Russell those Wilson teams, for this Those job. teams I listed. Those teams I listed earlier that all had meetings with Carson Strong, Saints, Washington, Steelers, Titans. They would all come knocking on the door for Jalen Hurts and San Fran. No, no, they wouldn't. They have mm. trailers. Uh, uh, what's another team? What's another team? What's hmm. another team? One of those teams. You mentioned is New Orleans, right? Yeah. And you know he went to Alabama. Jalen would look comp in a Saints jersey. Uh, I look no, I, you know, I don't mean it in that way, but yeah, no, I think. I mean, he, I he think, looks good. I in think the you Eagles do mean jersey, it. In that so. way. Yeah, I think you do mean it in that way. He you know, he who, would look know, really good in the Kelly green. Let's let's you know get that who looks good. Out. You know who look, you know who looks good in any jersey, no matter no matter what the jersey is. No, oh, don't you dare say it. I'm not. If you do say it. it. I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Thanks to you guys for <laughs> listening to this episode of the Philly Pod. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, everywhere else you get your shows. Subscribe. Relieve five-star reviews. Leave those ratings. Each and every one does help bring the show to new eyes and ears of Eagles fans all around. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search Liberty Lion Radio on YouTube. Like. Subscribe to the channel. Like everything. Drop a comment. What else is there? Click the bell. I always forget one of them. Yeah, Click not- the bell. Post notifications. Not- post notifications. We'll good clip video up stuff. content, guys. That's where good, all of our very time good has video been content. Spent. Our time has been spent on finding software that is adequate for the amount of video content we plan to put out, and some of it just can't hang, and some of it gets shredded, like Steven's theory to tra- trade for Russell Wilson and keep Jalen Hurts as a backup, <laughs> which would never happen. Just saying, just saying. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys for listening, Steven. Where can the people find you on the internet to throw hate your way for more of your dumbass theories that we'll be hearing <laughs> all all off season long? Please do. That's Stephen Conrad Jr. on all not credible. social media. You should change your handle to not credible. Yeah, I like that. Not credible. I'll, I'll come up with something. <laughs> put it in your put it in your not bio. credible. Hashtag, hashtag not, not credible, credible, but woke sports takes. How's not, that not credible, but I think outside the box. I'm sorry. I'm not. What does it even mean to like be everybody woke, else? What does it even mean to be woke? What does it mean to be woke? Uh, somebody, what does it mean to be woke? If you're still listening, uh, tweet at us and give us your definitions of what it means to be woke. How's that? Yeah, Stephen woke. Give us your thoughts. I'm about to put a poll if Stephen's woke or not. <laughs> I think. I think, in my opinion, being woke is isn't woke like conservative. I thought. Oh, I'm not no. making this a political thing. No, I mean, I'm not either. But I'm saying, isn't that what people say? Or or do conservative people call liberals woke? Is that what happens? I don't know. Some people use it as a bad thing, like or they yeah, try to, yeah. I don't see. know. I don't know. So woke is a bad thing. So I'm not woke then. I think it's it's somebody who can see past all the bullshit in this world and come up with things that people aren't like That's whether it's true means? or not. Yeah, like you can see through the bullshit is what I'm saying. Oh, so like so that's why all the all the all the anti-vaxxers are like I'm not getting Here a vaccine because I'm because I'm because I'm woke. That's what that is. Yeah, I don't like when it's associated with it in the yeah. political. We're not political people, no, by any means. I'm just, I'm just saying. I've been called by a few people that feel certain ways about certain politicians, and I've been called woke, or maybe not. Like woke. for example, some people are like they'll try. Like some people, like as you know, will try and say Aaron Rodgers is woke, and then others are like he's the oppo- <laughs> he's the opposite of woke. He's hella woke. Aaron Rodgers is so woke. Well, like my thing, well, I, he's I'm being woke a on the football here, field. But... All I care is that he's woke on the football field. <laughs> yeah. 
Like Kevin yeah, Durant's that woke. Like, That's somebody who's he's woke. hella woke. Yes. Yeah, he's hella woke. He lo- every time this man posts a meme or a tweet, Stevens riding. Joel Embiid's woke. That guy. Yeah. Woke. He, oh, oh, he's so woke. God. I mean, appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for listening to this show. Like I mentioned earlier, subscribe. Like we are getting out of here now. Catch the next episode. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. We don't know yet, but there will be more content within the week. Peace out, y'all. Catch us on the next one from the Philly Pod. You have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.